Live from Huntsville, Huntsville Alabama. Alabama, it's the Pastards. Today, it's the Blues Brothers. Blue, oh, blue, like and it. a blue ton. Very nice, classy kind of sweater zip up. This was from Puru. So this is a 100% virgin alpaca, Peruvian wool Well, we sweater. want a virgin alpaca. We don't want a used one. <laughs> That's what that means, Roger. No, what it means is it's the first shearing of that alpaca. Really? Yeah. So they shear them, you know, every year. The first shearing we call it a shearing is the best, <laughs> is the is the softest. It's cool to the touch, but keeps you warm on the inside. I remember my first good. shearing. I can't say as I recall mine. I recall my worst one because I cried for days. <laughs> After this guy did a hack job on my hair and literally mowed it like three inches above my ear, which would be very trendy right now. I mean, it would look all everyone would love it. Right. But when you're, you know, 11 years old, it's not as cool. Well, th th that would top the traumatizing haircuts Grandpa Martin would give us <laughs> when we visited the farm. Yeah, he would say, you all look like hippies. Right. And then he would take out the mowing machine. <laughs> <laughs> And, and he would start. That would all go away. I'm going to get you to a barber. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking like the Beatles. <laughs> I had this wonderful memory yesterday. So I had gone to Palisades Park in Aniana, <laughs> Alabama, which is like 10 minutes from our house. 15 minutes, maybe. Is this an amusement park? No, it's Pal like a, it's like Montesano Park. It's a recreation park. Oh, okay. Recreation area. But it's all got right. old cabins on it. You know, like. 18th century cabins. Is it a state park? Is it? It's a state park. Okay. Is it? Okay. Um, and they have this giant fire tower on it, 10 stories high. Oh, those are fun. And I had this, you have to have a permit to climb it, which the office was closed, so I couldn't. But the, it just yeah. reminded me of that great time that we went hiking and we climbed a fire tower in Massachusetts That's... and sat up there for an hour just looking at the most beautiful, because it was this time of year. The colors were, you remember that? I do now. Blazing glory. The sun was going down. Yeah. And I just had this feeling of nostalgia and joy. And I was like, I need to remind Roger of that. Because that was like such a cool experience. We've had a lot of cool experiences together. We have. I think of. Do you? No. One of the ones I think of is that time. What did we play? 27 holes of golf. So we, we'd gone out to a state park. We'd gone out to. And we were just playing nonstop. Oh, yeah. We played at least 36 that day. Tim's Ford State Park. Yeah, it might have been 36 and nine. It could have been. Another yeah. nine after that. After nine. And then, so it was just a glorious day. We're golfing. And then we grilled corn and steak. Yes, we were both supposed end. to be writing books. But instead, <laughs> we played 45 holes of golf, which was more fun. Let's I just it. recalled. Wasn't I, that a great day? It now? was just an awesome day. I remember thinking, all right, Roger's probably not liking this, but I remember after the first 18 thing, hey, you want to go again? And Roger's like, sure. Okay, <laughs> on we go. Because I have done 54 holes in a day before. Wow. Did that with Wayne Griffin. We started at like seven o'clock in the morning and just played all day. Three rounds. <laughs> I was tired. He had cramps like really bad at the end. Like I remember he was, he was, he was just crawling to the truck <laughs> because his legs were cramping so bad. Oh, gosh. I, didn't, I was like, I've never had a cramp. He's like, pull my leg. I'm like, I'm <laughs> not I sure I want to do that. I don't. Are you going to make that funny noise if I, if I do that? Because that's not funny. I don't want to do that. 
at all. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey, I'm glad to be back after a week in Michigan two weekends ago, and then a Walls of Jericho over the weekend, and then I leave Thursday. Where are you going Thursday, Bruce? Clarion, Pennsylvania. Clarion, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Good old Clarion. Going to speak at a sort of a citywide event on Friday night. It's like I think seven churches kind of coming together, and then well, on Saturday. Wait, wait, wait. What's uh, seven churches coming to? So it's it, but open to the public, kind mm -hmm. of a yeah, open public. Just so is it sort of you pick a topic? They pick the topic. I'm going to do Scars of Hope, um, which is you know which is a talk that I do a lot because anything about suffering, scars, pain, agony, heartbreak, depression, failure, despair, because I'm I'm speaking on failure the following day <laughs> at the 36th annual Knox Ladies Seminar, and I'll be I'll be speaking twice that day. These are two unrelated events. Well, they're sort of related, but they're unrelated. So okay. the Knox Seminar is its own thing. Okay. But Linda Colson, shout out, who's organizing this, also got the churches to come together to do a kind of a citywide event for that Friday evening. That's, that's for a, men and women. That's a different kind of thing than you've done, right? Yeah, that's very, yeah, it's different. So I'm looking it. forward to that. I'm used I to speaking to ladies. Yes. I love it when I get to speak to men. And then when you get mixed audiences, that's always <laughs> super fun. So, yeah. And then I've got a Walls of Jericho after that. Then it's Thanksgiving, and I think I'm done for the year. I don't know for sure. <laughs> Is that a good done for the year or bad? Well, done in the middle of that, I am doing a talk in Chattanooga. That's how you pick up a corporate talk in Chattanooga. No. Yeah, on the 16th. So <clears throat> that's going to be interesting. That they wanted me to do the talk on joy and and how do how we measure success. So I'm working on that in my head right now. This double whammy. How do you bring both of those together in one space? But I had done the, the joy talk on Catalina and one of my clients on the Catalina trip said, Hey, would you do that talk? Like for our partners, they're doing a friend's giving. I'm yeah. like, sure. I'll be happy to do that. It'd be great. So that's fun. No, the a question that, you know, what comes to my mind with the question of success is, I guess it's just the random things that flits into the brains of the pastors, but like trying to figure out so often we're trying to figure out decision making we're trying to figure out the right yeah, thing yeah but i'm thinking of how often we gauge on the other side whether it was a right decision or a wrong decision whether it was successful based on its success right but then that just brings up the whole question of what like what's successful yeah you're yeah. and how concerned is god so with our vision of successful. <laughs> yeah. And you're, and it's funny, you're capping the whole failure talk where I talk about doing the right thing doesn't always lead to the right outcome. When I say right outcome being right. what we would like to happen, right? <laughs> there's way too many old Testament prophets that would say, Nope, didn't work out at all. I did exactly what God said to do. And I got killed. It went poorly. <laughs> I got stoned. I got thrown in a well. I was put in stocks, not like stocks and bonds, more like stocks and chains, which is problematic. <laughs> And yeah, I think we focus way too much in Western culture on outcomes. And by that, I mean, we, we positive outcomes. Right. Of but, course. But we don't often think about, <laughs> hey, doing the right thing is the right thing, even if it works out poorly. Right. Jesus is probably the best example of that. But again, even if it works out poorly, as we're defining it, yeah. the reality is, and it's what we already know, is that so often when things go south, 
is when God does great things in us. Yes. I mean, it's the bottom line. We've I'm talked about many times of like, you don't develop courage without frightening situations. You don't develop mercy without getting screwed over by somebody. You don't yeah. develop um, compassion, empathy. I mean, in other words, these things are so often forged and shaped. So I'm going to have you speak on Saturday. If success, Roger's now speaking. It's well, it's just the reality of like I want to be tuned into if yeah, if God does his best work in me when things don't go well, wonder if my vision of success ought to be probably the best outcome here is if things don't work out the way I'd like them to. <laughs> then I know that God had something to do with it. Right. Well, and it is that whole thing of that, that whole talk is built around failure will teach you things that success never can. Can yeah. you imagine what horrible narcissists we would become if we were successful at everything we did? Right. We would be shallow, narcissistic, self-absorbed. Uh, no, not empathetic. And it just, oh, never. And it would just, we couldn't weird. empathize with those, those poor people who struggle in their lives, who can't get it together. By the way, there, this, I, I, because I, I don't want our time to get away before you. Your face cast yesterday was one of the best in five years. Oh, gosh. And I'm going to be quoting it. Remember what I said. So, yesterday you talked about when things go really bad in your life. Oh, we just went fuzzy for a minute. That was funny. When, when things go bad in your life, like you talked about a relationship that ended with her saying she was going to get, she was getting married in two weeks. <laughs> You no, talk, the, the, right. And the devastation that that created for you, because you'd been dating her for some time and <laughs> had no idea there was another player. No, 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 right, right. So, no, <laughs> right. But for context for our listeners is, yeah, I'm in college. I'm dating a gal. I'm starting to wonder, you know, this, where this, this, this could be going. This, I like, you know, uh, and then I call her and ask her out one night, you know, and she's like, I guess I should tell you, I'm getting married in two weeks. <laughs> well, I guess... I guess that's something we should talk Good about. Good heads up. Good heads up. This I, is the right time. Probably not me, right? I'm because I'm not. I didn't get Unless the wedding this invitation. This is your proposal, <laughs> which is a cool way of doing it. I, I'm probably not the guy. Okay. So anyway, I interrupted you, but and I was... we talked about a friend of a, a mutual friend that we have that's been doing work in Honduras, working with a village in Danley, where the entire village is built on and around a giant trash dump. And the work that he's been doing the work there several years. Anyway, things were coming together and there was this great opportunity and some funding opportunities. And he was so excited. And then it all crashed. Blew up. Just blew up. Right. Just And it's like, and he was so discouraged. Yeah. And we're like, we're trying to do the right thing. We're trying to help people <laughs> that desperately need encouragement and help and resourcing. Right. And, and I'm doing a good thing. I'm doing a good thing. Right. And, the, and the whole thing just right. blew up. And then you told a Jesus story. But what was, what was so good was the Chip and Joanna Gaines reference. Okay. In other words, Roger talked about there's this, there's this, there's this day that you sort of look forward to if you watch. What's the show called? Re. The, what was the, uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines? It's like redoing. It's the house. It's extreme makeover. Oh, there's so many now. It's so. Well, let it's me paraphrase so, right. it. We're gonna redo your house for you while you're away. <laughs> okay, and they they always begin it with here's what the house <laughs> looks like, and then the plan for behind the scenes, the plan for what we're gonna right. do. Right. And the, the, the couple doesn't know it, but we're working with them on some ideas. Yep. And then there's demo day. Right. In other words, demolition day. And Chip loves demo Chip, day. Chip loves demo day. I mean, it gets weird for demo day because he gets to take a sledgehammer 
and just start trashing the entire inside like of the house. Like we did to the Buckley house, right? Like we did to the Buckley house, pulling the <laughs> wire for Gino Bennett. Shout out to Gino. I'm talking about decades ago, one of the... You think first another jobs, fun, mem fun memories we've the had. First cash job that I ever had. Like I'm getting paid cash. We're going into an old house and we're stripping it down to the studs with sledgehammers. Yep. Like and just that's heaving, heaven. Heaving stuff out the window in a giant <laughs> container. Oh yeah, for teenagers. I'm a 16. No, I was 14. You were 16, I guess, because right. I wasn't driving yet. Yes. Anyway, that was a great. I job. shouldn't have been driving yet, but I was. But you were. <laughs> and we had we had a blast doing that. But demolition day. You made such a great point. If you just walked into your house one time, right after a demolition day or in the midst of it, you'd go, oh, it'd be your worst nightmare. No, you're walking. You'd be horrified. No, you walk. If I walked my house today and I suddenly see people that they've got sledgehammers and they're just demolishing, ripping it. up my house. What? That's a, yeah, call the police or whatever. Unless. Unless. And you made such a good point. Unless demo day is leading to the unveiling day of the new thing. And yeah. that's the favorite part of the show. Marlene and I watched it for years. The unveiling where they literally, you know, they they, they pull back the curtain. They've got the people behind the curtain. They pull back the curtain right. and they see their house that's been entirely remodeled, top to bottom, inside and out. And it's just gorgeous. And you reminded us that God, it was even a, a statement that you made about there has to be a death before there can ever be a resurrection. And here's one thing I realized, even in the Lazarus story, the sisters were praying for healing and, and God had something better in mind. He's like, yeah. I'm not going to give your brother a healing. Yeah. We're going to give him a resurrection. Now think about that. You talk about demo day, one place in scripture, not the only place, right. but one place where Jesus wept right. because he saw the pain of demo day. These people saw their life in ruins in that moment. And they didn't know what the father had in mind. Right. It looks like everything's falling apart. So this, for our friend, you know, uh, who works with these dear Ron. people in Ron in Honduras, um, it looks like everything got trashed. Everything got ruined. I mean, it, lo it looks like everything fell apart. Yep. Um, you know, my story with this relationship is something, like, okay, gosh, every, you know, it. Um, in that moment, and of course, what I referenced with the disciples they found the Messiah, this most exciting thing ever, whatever. Okay, he's been arrested, but he's going to come through. God's going to deliver him. And we're going to watch. We're going to see this amazing miracle. And then the yep. Messiah is going to just take over. But Free us from Rome and life is good. It doesn't happen. And he actually dies. And now it's like it, all is lost. The disciples on the road to Emmaus said, we thought he was we th the right. one. So now it's like we got to. We're starting We're from scratch. We're totally. We've devoted our life to this. Right. We've left left our our homes, our our businesses, and they didn't realize. Yeah. That was demo day. It was demo day. It was demo day. Which had to happen. Even what you were just saying, the unanswered prayer for healing. Yep. Was demo day. Yep. God did not come through. I asked him for the specific thing, a good thing, a good thing. He and did not do it. And Jesus was late. That's another thing about about because both sisters like if you had been here, right. when we asked, when we sent word, our brother wouldn't die. Isn't it interesting? They had a certain kind of faith. They had faith for healing. Or no, right? But Martha had faith for a resurrection. She said a beautiful thing because Martha I think gets a bad rap on many fronts, you know, because she was a doer. Oh, sure, doer. yes. And oh, that's a whole other story. But she said, <laughs> but but Jesus, I know even now. The father will give you whatever you ask. 
that's that's the faith that moves mountains. That's the right. faith that says, even though my brother's dead, I know you can still do it. And he did it. And that's, and I thought about how many times in my life where I saw things just getting trashed because even in the failure talk, I talk about all the times that I've failed, <laughs> which has been a lot <laughs> when I think about it. Lots of failures. That's well, why you're, it's why it's such a captivating But this is where topic. I'm, I'm going to conclude that talk and I'll give you credit for the demo day thing because that's such a good illustration. I, I always say failure can create unexpected opportunities. In other words, if you hadn't failed in this way, yeah, this other thing would, would never have, not happened. have happened in our life, Marlene and I's life. <clears throat> when we lost the twins in a failed adoption, literally in March, we, the, the baby has come. She's made the decision to keep them. We help her for the next month. She flies to Texas with both of those babies and we're in demo day. Oh, I remember how crushed. Yeah. We're in demo day. Right. We had thought for six months, we we're going to have twins, Travis Elijah and Taylor Elisha. And in a moment, another person's decision took that. And we're just in demo day in the ruins of it. And literally a couple of days after they left town, literally like, I mean, Marlene could tell you the exact date. She's better with that. We get a call and it is the birth mother of Zachary, our only son. And she said, I want to give you my baby because I heard the story of oh your my gosh. loss. Yeah. In other words, had we not lost the twins, we would have never gotten to Zachary. Right. That was that was her reason. Right. Right. You've you want kids. You've been trying to have kids. You you thought you're gonna I want them to have my baby. And it was a it's a beautiful crazy sacrificial gift for any mother to make. And yet that the loss of the twins in that sense created the gaining of our one and only son who has now had a son. I mean, I know I've mentioned that before, but I'm just enjoying saying it more. It's I'm getting more free with I'm a grandpa. Yeah. Grandpa. Poppy. That's my name. <laughs> but isn't that, isn't that, yeah. Well, cause I know some of our listeners right now are in demo day. Well, that's the thing or demo season. And the reminder for me, and if I look back, there's so many stories because I've gone back. Uh, the only car accident I ever had a few years back with a, a truck we loved. It was great, yeah. great gas mileage. It was all, all these awesome. But that set up getting a vehicle that has been great and done just amazing since then. It was a far better vehicle. And as I could look time and time and time again, and I've seen this reminder, it's in the pages of the Bible, it's in the pages of my life. God is always remodeling. Yeah. The enemy is always destroying. Yeah. Think about it. And he loves demo, but God is always whatever, that's even a, that's a great, what word. even the Satan enemy meant for evil. Chip and Satan <laughs> are, all about, are all about demo day. No, the word the Joanna and God are the all name, about redemption and restoration. Chip actually means <laughs> demon. The evil one. <laughs> That's great. No, but it's it's it is this reminder. Best line in, in Hitch. My friends call me Chip. Can't you get him to stop? <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm sorry. You were being serious and I was not. No, it's it's what makes our relationship wonderful. And it's what makes the pastors work, I think, to the degree that it works. Yeah. Um, no, it's just God is always at work for good in whatever is going on. So it is, I think that can be a helpful analogy 
to think about, yeah, I'm in the middle of demo day. And I'm not, even as I'm talking, I'm not promising how it all is going to work out. And whether you'll even like every part, I'm not going to say, you'll look back and say, oh, I'm so glad that happened. Whee, that was awesome. I'm only saying God is always at work Yep. Um, when things are crumbling in our lives. Broke, crushed dreams, um, broken relationships, um, failure of any, you know, God is job always loss. always up to something. He's always up to, um, oh, somebody said, yeah, God never wastes a hurt or a God. It's all part, you're all in, a, in one way trying to say, um, demo day is always leading to something. Um, God is never just destroying something to leave it. Um, it's always on the way to a remodel. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, it was uh, Wintley Phipps, and I quoted him in my book that said, it is in the quiet crucible of our personal and private pain where God's noblest dreams are given. In other words, he gives mm -hmm. us a new dream for our life. And it, it's not going to be the same that it was before, but it's going to be good <clears throat> because God is good. It, it, it is interesting that God is good. I know we overquote maybe all things work out for good to them that love God. But there's so much truth to it. It's maybe it's something you can't overquote. Recognizing that God is always at work. And I, the other thing that's that's hard for us is some of the things that God is at work doing, we will not see until the next day. Yes. We yeah. just we won't see him in this lifetime. I was I finished a talk a couple of weeks ago at the passage in Hebrews that talked about some people that saw great victories and successes and they had their children raised from the dead. Just glorious, wonderful stuff happened. Then he flips the switch and said, others. Never saw it. Never saw it. They said they were they were sawed in two. They were they were tossed out. They were thrown in prison. They were flogged. And it said none of them had received what had been promised. But only with us would we receive the ultimate promise, which is a next age Promise. Well, it just dawned on me. John the Baptist didn't get a C. Mm -mm. He never. He didn't get to see the resurrection. No. Nope. No. Oh, that's man. That'll preach. <laughs> he and in and in the pri in the in the quiet crucible of his personal private pain in a prison cell, he wondered. Like those two disciples, we thought you were the one. But, what's up? You're right. He he never got to see it. He he never got to see it. I'll have an idea that perhaps he did will. <laughs> well, certainly at some level, <laughs> yes. And still, fascinatingly, fascinatingly, Jesus just says, "No one greater than John, born among you know." Because um, yeah. I th I think their idea that might have been that when people die poorly, it's because they were bad people. <laughs> That was a very <laughs> must have done something wrong. Well, and it's pervasive even to this oh, day. Oh gosh, yes, of but course. I think in Jewish culture, it was more <laughs> deeply rooted that you know, well, bad things happen to bad people, and good things happen to good people. Not so much. And Jesus' final word there is even to him is, "I'm at work doing." Trust me. Trust me, because... Trust they, me was, was his response. Going yeah. back to the demo day, because he had this long talk with them, 
before he went to the cross. And then he told them something that made him more sad than even him dying. He said, I'm going to ascend to the, I'm going back to my father. So they're thinking, understandably, he's going to die and then be with his father, but they're never going to see him again. You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> he said, you're going to be looking for me, but you won't be able to find me. So I think in their mind, they're processing it. But then he says this, they didn't realize it was post-resurrection that he was going to be with them for 40 days. But he says, but I'm going, he said, your, your, your sorrow will turn to joy. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now think about that. God's working behind the scenes. Jesus is right now preparing a place for us. Yeah. Think about that. The joy of creating everything, the heavens and the earth as we know it now, and Jesus getting a redo on all of that, preparing a place for us. That's beautiful. Well, the whole, when you think about it, the whole human journey is a kind of demo day. In other words, whenever yeah. sin entered into the world, now, now this is when you had crushed dreams and and rejection and people leaving you and financial loss and sickness and death and all that becomes the human story but the beautiful thing is in the in the when that first emerges Jesus almost says yeah, yeah but here's what's going to come I'm at work I'm at work you guys have made a mess of things Adam, Eve, you have no idea how Roger. badly you've <laughs> screwed things up. And, but already I'm at work. I'm already at work on a remodel. And think about Roger, when you think about Adam and Eve <laughs> it's great. and how many thousands of years it took before Jesus actually <laughs> hits the planet, four to 8,000 years, depending on how you do Bible numerology. It was a really long remodel. And yet Paul <laughs> argues, I think it's in Romans, he said, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, demo day, mm -hmm. Christ died for our sins. At just the right time. I, when I read that, I'm like, yeah, we would have said, that's going to come in a hundred years, maybe? A hundred years is a long time. Yeah. Uh, uh, thousands of years later, the Messiah comes and demo day becomes the long demo day becomes resurrection day. And the same thing happens after Jesus shows up and he says, Oh, I'm coming back. And it sounds like right now, like pretty, uh, pretty quick. Yeah. A few years, hang on. Um, and, and it's, it's been 2000, 2000 years. We're still in demo day. The remodel no. isn't completed. No. But he's preparing a place. He's prepared. And just the right time. The father knows. That's right. Just the right time. Jesus even argued he's in coming his human back. form. He said, yeah, I don't even know that time of day. Only the father knows that. Isn't that interesting? Oh, I love that. It's, oh, that's, uh, it's the same thing with James and John. You talked about that, you know, wanting to be on the right hand, the left hand. He's like, well, hey, you have no idea what you're talking about. They're like, no, we do. We do know what we're talking about. He's like, okay, well, you're going to be baptized. But. It's interesting. Jesus said, it's not mine to give this beautiful deference. But, you know, we talked about the deference between the Trinity yeah. so many times. It's not mine to give. And even to the disciples, then <sighs> it's not mine to know. So even you think about Bruce, the right. comedy of we're still trying to figure out what Jesus doesn't know. Exactly. <laughs> right. I, I can pinpoint, you know, with the war in Israel. And yeah. all, oh, this now is... this now the picture has become crystal clear after this. Now we know some things we didn't. And it's like, I know more than Jesus. He didn't know the day or the hour, but listen. 
I have figured it out. But I've, I've got it figured out. No, I, I rem, I'm remembering a quote that has to do with Demo Day and Restoration by Francis Habergal. And I had found this a couple of weeks ago, but he says, God is preparing you for what he's prepared for you. I thought, oh, that's good. That's good. God is preparing you for what he's prepared for you. A lot of the hardship and pain and the demo days that we're going through, because God is preparing us for something and he's going to use that in this new space that he's prepared for us. When I even think about mm. why do I get asked to speak <clears throat> on hope? Because I've journeyed through suffering and sorrow and loss yeah. and pain and depression and difficulty, but it gives me credibility. It prepared me to give others hope that are in the same, that are in the same place. Right. I couldn't do what I do right. except that I've lived the life that I've lived. And still, <laughs> When I look at the pain and difficulty in my life, I'm still... You're still in demo day. <laughs> still in demo day, but I also had this this crazy thought over the weekend. I, again, I was, I was driving back from my Wall's Derby trip, and I just like talking to the Lord. I'm like, if I died tomorrow, I have lived a lifetime in less than 60 years. Yeah. I, I, really, I mean, my life is rich and full and friends and opportunities yep. and purpose and all of that. And all of that, how long I have, it's all in God's hands. And I, and I don't think my best years are behind me. I, you know, that was that whole age 50 thing. I said, I did start working on, I know we're running out of time. I started working <laughs> on my blog post, Reflections on Turning 60. Oh, good. And they're interesting. They're different than the ones uh, that I did when I turned 50. Or actually, I think I did it at 54. They were good then too. Well, maybe that's next week. Maybe we'll think about Bruce's reflections in on approaching episode three of season 15 you cannot stop us <laughs> right we are the pastors for now you're not <laughs> thank god right. that was a good finish i like that